Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. And if you're in a mess right now, if you're disappointed, if 2019 didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to, let me tell you, God is turning your mess into your message. Let him take you to a place. Let him remove the parentheses from around your life. Let God do in you what he needs to do. And we're happy that you're here. Grab your Bible. Turn to Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. Amen. Appreciate the spirit of worship that is in this place today. There is nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. Nothing like it. There is. It is unique because it is not of this world. You can't buy it off of a shelf. You can't get it anywhere. You can't have it handmade. I got a very special gift this year that uh, a family gave to me that was a handmade gift. It was very special and I'm enjoying it very much. And I think most of the reason is because it, it Number one, it's useful, it's practical. Number two, because it's kind of a one of a kind. And I just thought, how different is that? You know, to get something unique, but but you can have another one made just like that somewhere. Somebody can make another one just like that. But what we feel today, you can't find this down at the corner drugstore. You can't inject it. You can't drink it. You it it's, it's comes from heaven. Come from the Lord. Amen. Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. Why don't you be seated? We're not going to read it just yet. I may have you stand back up when the time comes. Brother Glenn um, has this saying that he tells the other preachers in the church here today. I appreciate Brother Bishop and his fervency and his worship, his love for the Lord, his ministry. Amen. He has a saying that he tells us sometimes. Uh, he'll say, we're not getting sermons, we're getting what? Messages. Yes, yes. We're getting messages. Yes. He says, don't ever call it a sermon, Brother Rice. Don't ever call it a sermon, Brother Jones, Brother Hogan, Brother Anglin. You're not giving us sermons, you're giving us messages. Yes. I believe that we all have a message, and as we close out this year, you know, I'm, I'm not one to say that it's too late to establish something here in this final service of 2019. Not too late to start our message because we all have a message. Our life is the message. Our life is a message. And I think that we all want to leave a message behind. I've never thought about it so much until I've gotten to the age that I'm at now. When I start thinking about when my life is over, what will remain? What will be said? What will have been, a, what will the effects of my life and the message of my life leave behind for, for those who, who I have been in contact with while the Lord allowed me to live on this life, in this earth? Amen. Several years ago, when we would have a cancellation due to weather-related problems or whatever, maybe a special 
need that needed to be presented. We used to call everybody or call a few people and begin to do our own sort of phone tree to try to let everybody know. And Sister Lehan was, was great about us calling her and she'd say, I will take care of all of these people. So we didn't have to call them because we would have to start pretty early on Sunday morning to get to everybody in the church and give them a phone call. And I, I always told my wife, I said, I hope I get the answer machine because most of the time people want to chat, even if it's just for a few minutes and I've got other, you know, uh, 50 other phone calls that I I have to get to before people start getting ready and and so uh, we eventually were sitting in a restaurant one day and I was talking with brother Mike Cox and uh, who pastors up in Maine and uh, he, he was talking about how they did this because I was saying you know this has become quite a problem as a matter of fact I think we were discussing whether we were going to be able to have church that weekend and and brought this subject up and he said well why don't you just do a phone tree and I thought well, that's a great idea. I just don't know anything about it. And he began to kind of uh, give me a little bit of information on what they use. So I uh, began to get online. I began to set things up and get the information that I needed. And and uh, voila, about seven years ago, we developed our own phone tree system where everybody's number that you have given me uh, can be uh, called and contacted all at the same time. And you can uh, pick up your your phone and uh, you will hear the lovely uh, tones of my voice as I come across and introduce myself and then tell you whatever message message it is that I need to, to let you know. I need to let the church know and it took a great deal of stress off of me. The only thing is is that uh, I'm not really good at, at leaving a message and, and so what happens if you've been here and heard me preach very often at all, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But sometimes, on rare occasion, I get tangled up with my words. Am I right or not? Yeah. Not that you didn't have to say that so loud and so quickly. I get a little tongue tangled. And so... I would think in my mind, well, all I need to do is call this up, and I, it gives you the 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 the, uh, the order of things, and you call up this certain number, and you press this number when you're ready to speak, and this number when you're ready to hang up, and and so I, I would begin to, to, in my mind, go over what I needed to say, you know, and basically it was just uh, you you needed to introduce yourself. Hello, this is Pastor Rice calling to inform you that today's service has been canceled due to weather. Now that seems simple, right? Until the pressure is on. Until you have to actually perform right there into that phone. And, and this beautiful, uh, system allows you to go back and listen to yourself to see if you are satisfied with your message. If you're satisfied with your message, please plus one and we'll send it out. If not, if you'd like to hear your message, if you'd like to re-record, then you can delete and go back and start all over again. I, I'm here to tell you today that out of all the seven years and all the many messages that I have ever left for this beautiful congregation, I do not believe that I have been able to do it in one shot ever. I've always had to go back and say, no, that sounded stupid, or no, you sounded wrong on that, or there was too long of a pause, or you forgot this word, or you butched that. And I'll always stop it, delete it, and start over again because I want you to get the message. But 
The problem is, is by the time that it's gone from my mind and been filtered through my mouth that the message has turned into nothing more than a mess. Seems so simple in my head. But I'm left with a mess that has to be cleaned up, that has to be fixed. There are times when what we want to happen in life gets filtered through our everyday living. And it doesn't always turn out the, the way that we want it to. Am I right or am I wrong? There are times, wouldn't it be nice if before you made a decision in life or before you spoke something or made a commitment that this little bell would come on, this little voice would come on and said, if you're satisfied with your decision, please press one. If you'd like to see the consequences of your dumb action, please press two and you can press that button and see all the problems that it was going to create long before you ever created them and you could just erase it and push another button and leave a dis different message. But unfortunately, life does not give us that option. I just want to preach to you today a message I've entitled, Leave a Message. Leave a Message. Paul is in prison at the time of the writing that we're getting ready to read and He's writing to the church in Colossus, and towards the end of the letter, he makes mention of two men, one being Mark, who was the writer of the book of Mark, one of the four Gospels. And would you stand for the reading very quickly this morning, and we'll read the two quick verses and move along. Colossians chapter 4 verse 10 says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you. And Marcus, talking about Mark, sister's son to Barnabas. And in parentheses it says, touching whom ye received commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. The parentheses are then over. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. You may be seated this morning. Now, at first glance, you're reading the writings of Paul here, and you're reading something that really doesn't seem to be too far out of place until you begin to deliver the backstory, until you begin to understand what it took to get to where they're at today. You see, because the relationship between Mark and Paul was not always one that was great. Let me give you the outline of the story here just a little bit. Paul, in this reading, and a fellow laborer, they're sitting in prison. And there are two men that are there with them on the outside of that prison door, doing whatever it is that they can to help. These two men's name were Justice and Mark. And Paul says something that probably goes unnoticed to the people of our day. But to the people of that day, it was huge. When he says that Paul, that, that Mark and Justice are a comfort, and if Mark should come to any of them, that they are to receive him because he is considered to be a fellow worker. I want you to notice 
that Paul's statements is in parentheses that they had received commandments concerning Mark. He makes this qualifier and he makes it very well known that this Mark that he's talking about is the Mark that they're all familiar with. That he is the Mark that is right beside Matthew and Luke and John. And in these parentheses, he states that they have received a commandment concerning Mark and that they should receive him if he should come to them. You see, Mark and Paul had a history of ups and downs. Things had not always been good between the two men. Let me give you a little background on Mark. If you remember, when Peter was locked away in prison and he was asleep and the angel had to come in and nudge him and wake him up because there was a prayer meeting going on with, with a group of people from the church that were praying that God would deliver Peter out of the prisoner's bondage. It was at Mark's house where this prayer meeting was taking place. Mark's family was some of the early leaders in the early church and therefore Mark had grown up in, as a part of that. He was very much involved in what took place in the very first parts of the early church's origin. Mark was obviously getting some attention. He was receiving the attention of Paul because later Paul and Barnabas, they picked this man up on his way back, on their way back from a missionary trip. They, they decide, why don't we see what this young man is made out of? Mark obviously is making some spiritual waves. There's obviously some leadership qualities that are, that are there. He's a very much uh, faithful to the work and the movement of Jesus Christ in his early years. And so Paul, this apostle, and Barnabas, as they're traveling, they decide we're going to stop by and we're going to see if this young man by the name of Mark would be willing to go with us. Perhaps we could train him. Perhaps we can develop him. He needs to see what some of the things that we deal with are because they uh, obviously felt that there was a future in ministry for Mark. What an honor for a young man to be handpicked by the Apostle Paul to go wherever he goes and to see whatever he sees but as the story would go, it was short-lived because at some point during their trek, Mark decides that he had enough. He's seen enough. It's time to break ranks and go back home. It's time to head back to his family. We don't know exactly what happened, but we do know that it upset Paul terribly. Paul was not happy with the fact that Mark was not going to continue in the journey. Perhaps he was a little bit homesick. We don't really know. Perhaps he just got tired of, uh, of the travels. We, we really don't know. It really doesn't tell us exactly what happened, but whatever it was, it upset Paul to the point where Paul decided, I want nothing more to do with Mark. What I simply believe is that probably Mark in his youth didn't realize how tough it would be just to be by Paul's side. 
He probably had seen the miracles and heard the stories of different things and the exploits that Paul and Barnabas were happening, uh, ha- have happening during the course of their ministry, the revivals that were breaking uh, out in different places, the followings of people, and the excitement. And in his youth, he decided this would be a great thing to be right there beside them, to see what they're seeing and to have those stories. I, I, I've got to admit, I fell into the same mindset as a young man. There was a time when I was enamored by the man behind the pulpit and I could feel my heart being tugged by an anointing that came from the man who stood up and told the stories of what he had done and what he had seen and what God had brought him through. And I sat in those pews and, and thought I would like to go with them. I would like to be right there uh, beside them as they see this and experience these things that God does through them. The thing that I never understood until later on was that those powerful stories and that anointing are born out of hardships and trials. After the fact, after the trial is over, I've always said this, some of our worst experiences in life make up for the most fun stories to tell later on in life. We don't ever sit around and talk about the day it was sunny and 70 and how everything was, uh, well, what happened? Well, nothing. It was just a great day. It was just, we, everything just went smooth. Would you have a flat tire on the way to work? No, no, everything, I got to work fine. Oh, was there trouble at work? No, everything was fine there too. Just had a great day. It's not those things that we remember and it's not those things that we talk about. But you let all hell break loose in somebody's life and they survive it. You come out of that foxhole, that fear, that spiritual foxhole you got something to stand upon that's strong. you got a story to tell. you got a testimony that's in your life that you can relate to somebody else who's maybe going there or in it themselves. Ministry is hard. It's not glamorous. They just make us put on suits and ties so that we can get some young guys to kind of feel the call to the Lord themselves. It's hard work. We stand behind a pulpit a very short amount of time. But there's lots of times when you can't sleep at night because you're on your knees praying for somebody. There's lots of times when you get phone calls from people. There's lots of times when you suffer disappointment. There's times when you go through trials and you don't have anybody that you can really turn to and talk to about it. You've just got to carry it by yourself. Ministry is not an easy thing. It's not a glamorous thing. Ministry is a hard thing. But ministry is an eternal thing. Whatever reason, Mark says, I've had enough. I'm headed home. And he abandons Paul just as things start to get uncomfortable. He's seen enough, but he knows where they're headed. He says, I don't think I'm really cut out for that. I can go home where... Our family's established and known where people respect us, where the church is already going full throttle and we're not made fun of and it's not quite so hard. I can go home back where at, even if it is a tough day, I can still come home and mama's got a nice warm meal waiting for me or if I've had a tough day or people have picked on me or I've had problems in ministry where I can still find the comforts of my family surrounding me. I just want to go home. 
He splits, and when he does, Paul cuts him off. That had to be painful to feel like you had disappointed the Apostle Paul. Mark's not in his 50s or 60s. He's still a young man. He's still trying to figure out who, who he is. And, and he has this elder, this Apostle Paul, which was possibly the most well-known amongst the Gentiles for sure as an advocate for Jesus Christ, wanting to take him under his wings and the honor that's there and the privilege that's there, the excitement's there until he comes nose to nose with the work that's there. The sacrifice that's there. I wanted to have a message. I wanted to preach this gospel message, but all I'm left with is a mess. And now the Apostle Paul won't even talk to me. I'm disappointed. He could have left and gave up feeling like a failure. He could have left and quit because of an offense that he felt he was rightful in having against Paul. But I want you to hear me. Mark only left Paul. He didn't leave the message. He never left the message. He did not let being cut off by a man cut him off from God. Somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you today. You're going to be offended by a brother or sister at some point that's sitting in the church with you. Amen. There's going to be problems in your life. Times are going to be tough at times. You're going to suffer loss. You're going to suffer hardship. There's a time when you're excited about the message, but when you look at it, your hands are just full of a mess. All you have is a big mess in your hand. Don't ever let a man's offense to you cut you off from God. You keep serving God. I don't care if your pastor falls. I don't care if your spouse falls. I don't care who falls in your life or who disappoints you or who doesn't like you. You keep moving forward in God and in your relationship with him. Yes, it was a mess. But God was still working in Mark. God didn't abandon Mark and Mark didn't abandon God. Three years after what we just read in the book of Colossians, Mark sets down and he writes a book that at the end of it, he puts his name at the top of it. This is Mark's story. This is Mark's message. You see, the mess wasn't over as long as God was still involved. God's hand was in Mark's mess. God's hand was in Mark's problem. God's hand was all over Mark's disappointment and all over Mark's failures. It just took a little age. It just took a little time. It just took a few more years before the mess became the message that we still have today. It's a solid foundation that Mark wrote. Oh, Mark didn't let... Another man destroy him. He didn't let a failure destroy him. He didn't let the 
fact that maybe he was a little too young for the job destroyed him, he just kept marching on. He just kept moving on because Mark said, I've got to leave a message. There's something inside of me that's got to be told. I've got to tell my story. And three years later, God said, it's time. It's time for the parentheses to come off. It's time for me to loose you, Mark. You're now ready where before you weren't, before you just had a mess, before you didn't know how I could handle it, before you didn't know how I could fix it. But let me give a little age to your mess and I'll turn it into a message for you. And Mark penned those beautiful words that we still are inspired with today. His mess had finally become the message. So what do you do when you've disappointed God? Because surely we have at times. Maybe you're better, closer to being perfect than I am. If you are, God bless you. I hope you are. But I know I've got a long ways to go. And I'm trying real hard every year. I love that message this morning, Brother Jones. Oh, you've inspired me to sit down and, and, and make a, a list. You've inspired me to kind of challenge myself this year to do some new things and to try some new things. Amen. There's some, there's some things inside of me that I want to change. I'm not perfect yet, but I'm striving towards that. I want to be more like God tomorrow than what I am today. There's some things in me, but I can look back at some things in 2019 that have taken place where I, I've looked at it and I said, what a mess. Things didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. People aren't sitting on our pews today that were sitting here at the beginning of last year for multiple reasons. Things don't always go the way that we want them to go. But I want to be like Mark. God, just keep me in your hands. If everything falls apart around me, if I'm a disappointment, Lord, if I'm a failure, let me get up and keep on trying. Don't let anything come between you and I, Lord. But what shall separate me from your love? God, nothing, nothing high, nothing low, nothing wide, nothing dark, nothing shiny, nothing expensive, nothing is going to be able to separate me because I have been given a message and it comes from my mess. Amen. When God takes me out of my message, out of my mess, he'll turn it into a message. And if you're in a mess right now, if you're disappointed, if 2019 didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to, let me tell you, God is turning your mess into your message. Let him take you to a place. Let him remove the parentheses from around your life. Let God do in you what he needs to do. Yes. It's not that we don't love God. It's not that we're not trying, but it seems like there's just a feeling of rejection. I tell you, keep pressing forward. Keep doing what's right. You work for God in whatever capacity that He has you in at this moment, and you work with, with it in all the fervency that's within you. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you be the best Sunday school teacher that this world has ever seen. 
If you run the vacuum cleaner, you run that vacuum cleaner with, with pride and with honor and you do it as if you were doing it for the Lord because that is in fact what you are doing it for. You're not doing it to be seen. You're not doing it to be heard. You're doing it as a sacrifice for the Lord. Maybe it's not exactly what you've chosen for yourself, but God will take you from one level to another level. And every level is important. You climb a ladder, you know why it has 18, 19 rungs on a ladder? Because the top one and the bottom, even though they may be the two most important rungs, need every step that's in between to get you from the bottom to the top. If you're a worshiper, worship. If you're a preacher, preach. Whatever it is that God has you doing right now, you do it with excellence because there's coming a time. There's coming a time when the parentheses that are in your story, there will be a release and you will find that your mess has become your message. God wants you to leave a message behind. He wants you to leave an impact. He wants for you to make a difference. He needs you to leave a message. Would you stand with me today and as the music comes? Paul wrote to the Ephesians, but God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us. Even when we were dead in sins. <laughs> Tells you right there, He's not looking for perfection. That even while we were dead in our sins, He still loved us and hath quickened us together with Christ. It's by grace that you're saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is the part that I want you to get. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. That scripture right there paints the picture of a bunch of imperfect people. People that are sinful, that are, that are walking in grace. We're not perfect. But we're doing our dead level best with the help of the grace of Jesus Christ to do what He has called us to do. We make mistakes. We say things. We suffer offense and there are times when we are the offender. We create problems by our small decisions that we make. And there are times when we sometimes feel like what's the use? Will I ever get to the place 
where I can make it through a year without a mistake? And the honest answer of that is, more than likely, you're not going to see it happen. That's where the grace of the Lord comes in. It covers us when we fall. Not if we fall. The Word says when we fall. But hear me, when I fall, rejoice not against me, for I shall arise. I've got the spirit of Mark. But just because I've been cut off by somebody I highly respect, just because I've been a disappointment to them, just because I haven't cut the mustard, so to speak, maybe he was a little too young, maybe, maybe he just got homesick, whatever happened, we just know that it was a huge blow. And Mark's message could have been destroyed had it not had God there to age it. Story after story in this place. We could go around and we could talk about our past mistakes. Things that would have a lot of people giving up and just walking away and quitting. But not you. You were hurt. You were disappointed. You were broken. But you never allowed it to destroy your relationship with God. Some of you have walked through the biggest messes of your life. Some of you may be in the mess of your life. It takes a little age at the end of your mess to make your message. The Word of God said that in the ages to come, see, there's an end to your mess if you'll continue walking with God. There's an end to the mess. There's something that God wants to add to your mistakes. There's something God wants to put at the end of your mess if you'll just keep walking with Him through the ages. Feel the Holy Ghost in here. You're not too far gone. You've not made such a big mistake that God can't take your mess and turn it into your message because He desires you to leave a message behind. In the ages to come. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.